You're listening to the Eat Scripture Podcast with Eric and Gina Robinson. We uh, have just begun a series on Ecclesiastes. Yes. This is our second podcast Mm -hmm. in that series. And so if you need to go back and listen to the first one, go ahead. (laughs) Now would be a time. Now would be the time. Um, But today we're going to start with chapter 1, verse 12 and go Mm -hmm. forward. Yes. Um, And I mean, man, it was a little bit, uh, a lot of this book is a little bit depressing. Yes, we read from a certain perspective, and if only taken in pieces, it certainly can right. be that. Yes, and and it's hard to get a hold on maybe what the author is saying as a whole from our modern Western perspective, too. So we're trying to read through some Eastern eyes as we're talking about some of this mm-hmm. and looking at the literary structure and watching as it goes by. So, so yes, last time, you know, we started out with this long poem that begins the book and he does start in a hole i mean that's where he puts you in a hole right. to start because that's where i mean where we ended last like week life, it was kind of like oh I'm yeah sorry life is not <laughs> easy and um has a lot of parts that just seem so you know leave you with nothing but questions difficulties it's like mm-hmm. you know what is this all about kind well, of thing and the more you live the more you kind of you see mm-hmm. the truth in what he's saying in mm-hmm. one way oh yeah Sure, because you've you've felt it in your heart at some point, yeah. So you do see a truth in how he's expressing it. But he is definitely going to, by the end of the book, express much more than Mm -hmm. what he's been expressing in chapter one to start. Um, But he's taking us to that place where we can feel what he was feeling that started him on this path, trying to figure things out. What 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 does anything matter anyway? And I believe he's really speaking from a perspective of someone who doesn't have a relationship with God. Oh, right. You're like from their perspective. Yes. If right. you were to look at the if world without If you're just going along eye, living yeah. and you're not really mm-hmm. in relationship with God or thinking about those sorts of things, mm-hmm. this really is the reality of yes. life without anything else. Yes. Right. It is. It would be. And I just wanted to point that out. I think that the book will mm-hmm. will get to that. It's going to but... give us a better perspective. But yes, this is the person who would definitely be trying to live life and just make something out of it mm-hmm. outside of God and what God mm-hmm. has for us. Then, yeah, you mm-hmm. eventually wind up in this place. This ugly chapter 1, verse 3 through through 10, 3 through 11 place. Uh, mm-hmm. And you don't know what to do with this. Yeah. So that's a really basic understanding that we're trying to give Mm -hmm. here a little bit to to just get us started out. But I do think that's where he's going. So we started, you know, even with verse two, just to remind y'all vanity of vanities in chapter one, verse two, vanity of vanities says the preacher vanity of vanities, all is vanity. So this word used five times in verse two, this Hebrew word for vanity. And because it's just so enigmatic, which is what the word is really hitting on. This right. idea of without comprehension. I mean, you yeah. cannot comprehend. Un- impossible to figure out is what he's trying to say. This is just crazy trying to figure out what life is about. 
Okay. So it's a, it's a vanity. It all seems like vanity. It all seems incomprehensible. Um, and that's what he wants mm-hmm. his readers to And grasp. that word is used 37 times right. in Ecclesiastes. Mm-hmm. So yes. um, there's yes. a lot of him coming to that conclusion. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he'll use it over and over and over again. And he'll continue to say how that kept coming to his mind. Hmm. Incomprehensible, incomprehensible. There's a lot of things in life that you will look at on the surface and be like, that looks crazy. Why does that work that way? Why doesn't it work better than that? But he's willing, eventually we're going to see that he's willing to settle with the way things are and what you see with your eye because there's something bigger than that. There's something more than this. Yes. Um, Like even in my Bible, the headings for the next part that we're about to go into Mm -hmm. says, the vanity of wisdom. Yeah. And then yeah. when we start chapter two, the vanity of self-indulgence. Mm-hmm. Yep. And the yep. vanity of living wisely. Yes. And the vanity of toil. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he's just telling us all these mm-hmm. things that are really without meaning, mm-hmm. without understanding. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. we can go ahead and get started if you'd like. Yeah, I think that'd be great. Let's start by reading, I think, just one twelve through the end of the chapter. And we'll talk about that a little bit. We'll talk about um, the vanity of wisdom. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so, yes, take that away for us. Okay. If you would. Ecclesiastes chapter 1, starting with verse 12. I, the preacher, have been king over Israel in Jerusalem, and I applied my heart to seek and to search out by wisdom all that is done under heaven. It is an unhappy business that God has given to the children of man to be busy with. I have seen everything that is done under the sun, and behold, all is vanity and a striving after wind. What is crooked cannot be made straight, and what is lacking cannot be counted. I said in my heart, I have acquired great wisdom, surpassing all who were over Jerusalem before me, and my heart has had great experience of wisdom and knowledge. And I applied my heart to know wisdom and to know madness and folly. I perceived that this also is a striving after wind. For in much wisdom is much vexation. And he who increases knowledge increases sorrow. Okay. So now he's going to start with, like you said, this idea of wisdom, digging into the idea of wisdom here uh, and what it's, what it, benefits there might be from it, mm-hmm. if any. So he starts in verse 12 saying, I, the preacher, which is our word Kohelet. This is the where the book actually gets its Hebrew mm-hmm. name from this word, the one who assembles, the one who brings people together. I, the preacher, have been king over Israel in Jerusalem. Again, we've already talked about this. Maybe Solomon can't be 100% sure, though. Um, and, and really, that's not the big point of the book. Who wrote it? So. Right. And I applied my heart to seek and search out by wisdom all that it's d- that is done under heaven. It is an unhappy business that God has given to the children of man to be with, busy with. Now, before we go any further, that word unhappy is a very interesting word. It's going to be used throughout this book. And it's going to be translated various ways, but grievous and evil Ooh. are among the top of yeah. the list. That's really so a little bit more than just unhappy. Yeah, well, certainly, yes, I would say it is more than unhappy. Um, I don't know that evil's the best way for the Hebrew writer 
or for, I'm sorry, the Ecclesiastes writer wants to use it, but certainly there are places where evil fits very well. Mm -hmm. But it seems to me more often, even in some of those places where it says evil, that distressing is maybe one of the better ways to use it. It's a distressing business that God has given the children of man to be busy with. I think that may be a good way to use it. So he's applied, he's applied his heart to seek and search out by wisdom, verse 13, all that is done under heaven. I want to use my wisdom to try and evaluate all the things that men put themselves to be about and figure out how, why mm -hmm. it all works like it does. And I think this is more of a statement, verse 13, uh, second half. This it is an unhappy business is more of a statement about yeah. okay. I can just the see him kind of shaking his head. He's yeah, and I, this is the way he sees it before he goes out and tries to start figuring it out. Seems like an awfully distressing and unhappy mm -hmm. business, but he's applying mm -hmm. himself to figure it out. Right. Okay. So verse fourteen, I've seen everything that's done under the sun, and behold, it's incomprehensible. I don't, this is the, I just look at it and I'm like, okay, what? So what's the big deal? What, where are we getting? Are we getting anywhere with this? Cause I'm not seeing it. If we are, it's, it's beyond me. It's an enigma. And we see again, that repeating of under the sun, mm -hmm. which is yes, used what, 28 times 28 in Ecclesiastes. Times. And this is the only book in the old Testament that uses, uses that phrase. phrase. Yeah, so. exactly. So under the sun in this world or this or during this earthly life, yeah. a little bit of, of exaggeration. Idea. I have seen everything that is done under the sun. <laughs> yeah. A little <laughs> bit of exaggeration, but speaking in broad terms, yes. he certainly feels like generally speaking, I've seen and behold, it all. it's all. And it's all. Enigma. I'm yeah. still, I can't yeah. get, it. I don't get it. I don't get where this is getting us. Nothing seems to be getting us anywhere. That's so again, and you had brought up to me uh, at the end of verse 10, verse 14, striving after wind in our ESV. Yes. Um, that word has the verb has a sense of uh, like tending a flock. So, okay. so Robert Alter uses the terms um, hurting the wind, hurting the wind, which okay, makes gotcha. I, I kind of like that because mm -hmm. I think that. That does it, just seem so meaningless. You can't hurt the wind. You can't hurt the wind. Yeah. And if, it's like it trying to hurt the wind. It's, yeah. You know. So that's what he's saying. Life and, and is like trying to hurt again, the wind. Again, we live in West Texas. Totally get this. Yeah. Totally you, get the that. The wind seems to have a will of its own. That it's never like her, be a trying to hurt never, the wind. Yeah. You can't do it. Can't get hold of it. Yeah. It's worse than hurting cats. <laughs> For sure. Uh, what is, so then he kind of sums it up with this, uh, poetic statement in verse 15 mm -hmm. what's crooked cannot be made straight and what's lacking cannot be counted right. so in other words it is what it is it kind of right. thing you're looking out at the world and you're wondering what how to make sense of it and i can't make sense of it right. it's incomprehensible it doesn't seem like you, you can't take something crooked and make it straight you can't take something Even, that's lacking and figure out how much is lacking why because it's lacking you don't know the end you don't you wouldn't be able to add it up if you had no. to and a crooked like if you're on a crooked road mm -hmm. you can't see what's ahead of you so you mm -hmm. can't understand where you're going mm -hmm. i think that's part of the kind sense of, of that just not mm -hmm. knowing yeah it's it's just not clear yeah yeah and things just tend to stay yeah Nothing's incomprehensible right. to you. I mean, there's no way to really get a get a good grip on it. 
So verse 16, I said in my heart, I have acquired great wisdom, surpassing all who were over Jerusalem before me. And my heart has had great experience of wisdom and knowledge. And I applied my heart to know wisdom and to know madness and folly. And I perceived that this also is but striving after the wind. Mm -hmm. For in much wisdom is much vexation, and he who increases wisdom increases sorrow. Again, I think this is why some people think this was written by Solomon, Mm -hmm. or that it's Solomon who's giving this Mm -hmm. information. Um, Because he did seek after wisdom. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because he was. And had such great wisdom. But he wasn't the only one, so it could have been. And a lot of people have searched for wisdom their whole life. Right. And this person doesn't necessarily mean, you know, they're not going against God's word. Like, oh, I don't care how good, where wise it says Solomon was, I was wiser than him. It's just a, it's a poetic way of talking in this, you know, that this, I think mm-hmm. he was a king in Jerusalem. I think he does, whoever he is. Um, and he, and he did apply himself to try and understand just life mm-hmm. in general and what it was about. So using this can be just a poetic way of talking mm-hmm. about um, the great wisdom that he did, that he did have, and yet how it still didn't help him to get anywhere. So verse 17, and I applied my heart to know wisdom and to know madness and folly. So I just, I look, I realized I had been given the opportunity to know things Mm -hmm. and to learn things. So I set myself to it. I'm going to figure things out and really understand what life is about. I applied my heart to know, know wisdom and know madness and folly. I'm going to, these things are going to be understandable to me by the time I'm done with this. Then he adds a statement. I perceive that this also is about striving after like the So after wind. all of this, I was like, Spend. there's no use in spending my time trying to figure this right. out. It doesn't seem to work. For in much wisdom is much vexation, and he who increases knowledge increases sorrow. So what he says here about gaining much wisdom it's going to come with a lot it's going to come with some some you know heart-wrenching things you're not going to like it's going to you know it's not going to make you happy the more you know the more you know just makes me think of that you know we say ignorance is bliss Mm -hmm. yes because when you know things Mm -hmm. then you've got a lot of information Mm -hmm. that's very like he says vexing (laughs) yeah yeah And it does make you sad and anxious. And Mm -hmm. I mean, let's think about, and I know there's a lot of other things going on, but the more you watch the news and the Mm -hmm. more you know about what's going on, the more depressed you are. Yes. So, Uh, and that's where he is. It's it's the truth. Yeah, it is. And, And he is very much in that boat. So, so he has learned by setting himself to know things that man, it's not getting me to a happier point in life. Mm-hmm. And it certainly is uh, doing me, doing me some damage as far as, you know, my psyche, because I'm, I'm winding up in a, in a in just to know wisdom itself has, hasn't done anything for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just winding up sadder. And of course, you know, this, uh, this reminds me of the, I mean, it's well known that those who are some of the greatest geniuses in the world and the greatest, the smartest people in their mm-hmm. field have been some of the most melancholic people right. to be around. They struggle. Um, they struggle that. with depression mm-hmm. a lot. So knowing things is not the way. That's why I'm happiness. so glad I'm not so smart. <laughs> <laughs> I would disagree no. that you're not so smart. <laughs> I think you're very smart. Um, 
but it's true that you still keep a pretty happy attitude. So I got to say, maybe, maybe, well, maybe there, honey, you're breaking the mold. I'll just put it that way. Well, maybe. this is all, again, when you're not factoring in. Right. This is him coming at it from a human perspective, right. just understanding things. Yes. Right. It's going to take you to this place. Yeah. And so that's where he's, I think he's given us kind of an encapsulation here in 216 through 18. So I set my heart to know wisdom and knowledge or set my heart to know wisdom on one side versus madness and folly on the other. And I wound up and I wind up uh, not understanding it. It's, it's, it seems impossible to do. Mm -hmm. And then when I do get more wisdom, it only leads to more sorrow. Right. It only led to more sorrow put it like that and so then now in chapter two starting in verse one i think he's going to give us a rundown of how he tried to do this and this is the way that he was this how he was going about his task of trying to learn more uh, about wisdom and understand it better so i think maybe if we read two one through eleven okay to as our next block and then we'll discuss these different things he was trying to set about to learn all right Ecclesiastes 2, verse 1. I said in my heart, Come now, I will test you with pleasure. Enjoy yourself. But behold, this also was vanity. I said of laughter, It is mad. And of pleasure, what use is it? I searched with my heart how to cheer my body with wine, my heart still guiding me with wisdom, and how to lay hold on folly till I might see what is good for the children of man to do under heaven during the few days of their life. I made great works. I built houses and planted vineyards for myself. I made myself gardens and parks and planted in them all kinds of fruit trees. I made myself pools from which to water the forests of growing trees. I bought male and female slaves and had slaves who were born in my house. I had also great possessions of herds and flocks, more than any who had been before me in Jerusalem. I also gathered for myself silver and gold and the treasure of kings and provinces. I got singers, both men and women, and many concubines, the delight of the sons of man. So I became great and surpassed all who were before me in Jerusalem. Also, my wisdom remained with me, and whatever my eyes desired, I did not keep from them. I kept my heart from no pleasure, for my heart found pleasure in my, all my toil, and this was my reward for my toil. Then I considered all that my hands had done and the toil I had expended in doing it. And behold, all was vanity and striving after wind. And there was nothing to be gained under the sun. Okay. So he's, he's doing in his pursuit, wisdom, applying himself, trying to learn what life is about. So he's saying, I said in my heart, so here's how I went about it. I said in my heart, come now, I'll test you with pleasure. Let's start with pleasure. Enjoy yourself. Heart. <laughs> Enjoy <laughs> yourself, fun. self. Yeah. Have fun. Behold, this also was incomprehensible. This mm -hmm. didn't lead me to, I still didn't mm -hmm. get anything. I didn't understand what use anything is it? out of it. I said of laughter, it's mad. End of pleasure. What use is it? I wound up saying, okay, so I'm laughing a lot. I'm having, enjoying these earthly pleasures that mm -hmm. I'm surrounding myself by. But really, there's nothing ultimately coming of it. It's not producing anything lasting. Um, what, what's the point? 
Verse three, I searched with my heart how to cheer my body with wine. My heart still guiding me with wisdom. So in other words, not so that I was, I'm, I'm, I'm using wine. I'm enjoying mm-hmm. the fruit that's out there that is supposed to lead to, you know, being happy and being enjoying life. And I think he adds that line, my heart still guiding me with wisdom to let us know he's not just spending life drunk all the time. That's right. not, he's not drinking himself into it you know, oblivion all the time. He's just saying, I, but I was enjoying the things that are supposed to be enjoyed. I was, you know, letting my heart be happy with wine, um, enjoying life, so-called, the way people apparently who enjoy it do, uh, and how to lay hold on folly. So I, I you know, kept with wisdom with me and how to lay hold on folly till I might see. What does folly mean? So just, just the basic frivolousness of life. That there must be some laying hold of folly that's good, right? Okay. I mean, how do I? I want to, you know. I just I, associate that word with foolishness. Foolishness, and that's so, what we do. But I think here he's. In, it's more of a. It's more of a happy-go-lucky, come what may, you know, kind of a, you know, right. throw caution to the wind kind of attitude. Okay. Just uh, that's, so that's that's where he's going. He's going to see if he can lay hold of that and find some goodness in it. Um, and till I might see what was good for the children of man to do under heaven during the few days of their life. So that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying mm-hmm. to figure that out that way. See if this helps me. Um, so, so we've talked about just enjoying pleasure period for pleasure's sake, um, enjoying wine, uh, the, the things that go with having a good time, enjoying oneself, frivolity in life, just throwing caution to the wind, come what may. Uh, and then verse four, uh, he's going to add something to that. You're going to try something else. I made great works. Mm-hmm. I built houses and planted vineyards for myself, for myself. So I'm building big houses for myself, mm-hmm. planting vineyards for myself. I doing think he the became a real estate mogul. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> kind of seems like maybe. He did right? all the fine things. Mm-hmm. Have the finer things in life. Lived in the biggest home, uh, built garden, put gardens around it. All these beautiful, this beautiful little empire of mine that I've made here on this earth. Uh, garden and parks, verse five. It almost I made sounds like he's trying parks. to make himself his own Eden. Uh-huh, it does kind of sound yeah. like that. It certainly does. Yeah. Verse five, I made myself gardens and parks and planted in them all kinds of fruit trees. Yeah, it definitely sounds like Eden. Mm-hmm. Um, I made myself pools from which to water the forest of growing trees. I, I planted myself a forest, basically. I mean, my, <laughs> I had the greatest park you've ever seen. Uh, and an myself. irrigation system, apparently. Yeah, exactly. And an irrigation system. Verse seven, I bought male and female slaves and mm. had slaves who were born in my house. He said, bought males and female slaves, and now he's having slaves born in his own house, even more slaves coming, even more to and through his slaves he already has. Shouldn't that make you happy? Endless, yes. Endless parade of slaves in his house. And I had also great possessions of herds and flocks, more than any who had been before me in Jerusalem. So, I mean, he is wealthy, wealthy, wealthy. He's got all this wealth, and it just keeps growing and growing. I also gathered for myself silver and gold and the treasure of kings and provinces. I got singers. Wow, he's got his own bands. I guess he didn't have a radio or whatever. Right. Yeah. 
So instead, <laughs> no he has Spotify. Singers all around. <laughs> singers in every room. I got singers, both men and women, and many concubines, ladies everywhere, and the delight, the delight of the sons of man. So there is nothing that people can't enjoy that he hasn't mm -hmm. brought to bear for himself. And this is, you would think, out of all these things that mm -hmm. he has, this would be a way to find fulfillment in life. Isn't that what the world tells us will make us happy? Oh, all these things. A hundred percent. I mean, he's covering all the bases for us here. Everything from applying yourself to work. Mm -hmm. You work hard, build things, mm -hmm. put yourself to to toil, um, and versus pleasure and all the pleasurable things. Mm -hmm. Self-indulgence. Yeah. Partying, self-indulgence. Um, great beauty and uh, beauty in nature, mm -hmm. the beauty of nature, which you surround mm -hmm. yourself by. Maybe you've been to a national park before. You're like, man, if I just had that in my backyard, life would be perfect, right. you know. Right. And you find out that even that is not what mm -hmm. uh, is going to give you complete enjoyment. Um, so, and then and then just working hard every day, the toil of life, building things, all these things, these great works. Verse four, houses vineyards all these great things he's building and it's true you do get pleasure from that because when you accomplish things that there's, gives you there's a, a type of a momentary fulfillment that comes with that mm -hmm. but the pro but the problem is of course like verse uh like verse 11 so i considered all that my hands had done and the toil that i had expended in doing it and behold enigma Still mm -hmm. enigma. He uses that word. All was vanity and striving after wind. And there was mm -hmm. nothing to be gained under the sun. He's like, but really, when I looked at it at the end, still the point of life I could not comprehend. Right. I'd done all these things, but really had it gotten me anywhere in understanding what life is about. No, I still didn't know what life was about. I still mm -hmm. nothing about this led me to a conclusion. Oh, this is what life is about. Now I get it. Now I understand why I'm here. Because when we go back to chapter 1, verse 8, he says, The eye is not satisfied with seeing, mm -hmm. nor the ear filled with hearing. Mm -hmm. it, we just keep wanting more. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, but this, I have to say, when we were reading it, um, and I had this feeling a couple times, and I didn't mention to, this to you before we started, so mm -hmm. maybe we may have to cut this out. Uh, <laughs> I do but it just, when it says, then I considered all that my hands had done and the toil I had expended in doing it. And behold, all was vanity. It, it just, those words at the beginning, though, reminded me of God when he looked and saw what he had made mm. in creation. Mm -hmm. And he said it was good. Good. Right. Good. Exact opposite of what. Yes this is talking mm -hmm. about yeah and so because he had an understanding mm -hmm. of the purpose mm -hmm. and yeah this yeah i think so person think does that's it. good right this person is applying himself to build and to create he's almost trying to be like god yeah and yet without full understanding right which will get you nowhere eventually mm -hmm. yeah exactly i think that makes some sense i think that uh that's an interesting thought to couple this even couple what we're looking at right here with Genesis one and go, mm -hmm. what's the difference between God, the creator and, and when man sets out to create mm -hmm. his own thing, one is done with purpose and is therefore good. 
all the way around, every aspect of it. The other one is done with nothing but our self-motivation. Right. Self-indulgence. Yeah. Self-indulgence and winds up being futile in the end. What What did this give me anywhere? No. Right. Oh, yeah, so, so that's actually a really good application. I like that. Now that you're saying that, makes a lot of sense. Oh, good. We don't have to cut it out. No, we'll keep it. <laughs> We're going to keep it. Um, so, but I get to this part, though, and I do see, oh, okay, this is, uh, this is where this leads if I'm just all about me. This mm-hmm. is, uh, I'm going li- to finally still get to this place if I spend my life doing things like this, where I'm going to look at it in the end and go, okay, I don't. I don't understand that anything came out of that, mm-hmm. anything worthwhile, anything lasting. Mm-hmm. Anything. All of this is so, so incomprehensible. By the time you get to your end of your life, if all you did was work every day. For your pleasure. Thinking what you were doing was making a great life. Mm-hmm. You'll get to the end of it and go, hmm. I don't know. That, that was so great. It seems yeah. like, yeah, now nothing really has come of it. It'll be forgotten soon enough, which what are you going to get into next? But, right. Um, Okay, so we'll go on with that next time, but he's just going over, you know, this is this is the author going over this litany of thought that this is really, no matter what it is, it seems like that I apply myself to. I can't come up with a good, solid reason or a good, solid outcome that is going to lead me to feel fulfilled in the end. This just doesn't seem to be getting me anywhere. So got it. He's got to build this stage for us, set this stage for us so mm-hmm. that we can all put ourselves mm-hmm. there and then go when he finally reaches that great point, we can go, Oh yeah, that is really yeah. probably the only thing worth spending time on. I think it's interesting because this writer is pulling us in mm-hmm. to thinking about all these things mm-hmm. and how meaningless much of the stuff we're doing is mm-hmm. on its face. Right. And so hopefully he's going to take us to a place where we'll find the meaning yeah. um, behind yeah. it. But that's what I think. Yeah, he wants to take us there, but he's got to he's got to set this stage right. first, and we can agree with him and go, yeah, that and that is how life is, and especially here in somebody who has all the access that we think would, would bring us yeah. joyful a joyful life, yeah. and he's even saying, nope, it doesn't it doesn't work. Yeah, yeah. he's taking us to that place. So we don't even have to try it. No, exactly. <laughs> we should, hopefully, we can go, okay, he's wise and he knows yeah. it doesn't go anywhere. I'm going to accept his word for it. We're usually not smart enough to do that. No. Um, okay, so we will stop here and pick up next time in chapter 2, verse 12. And we will, next time, get to a point where he starts letting us in on yes. the main point, which will be really good. Okay, so 2.12 next time. Thanks for listening. Great time talking to you all. We're going to continue having an excellent time in Ecclesiastes, and we hope you all have a great few days, and we'll talk to you again very soon. Okay? God bless.